Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 30. It is. It seems like a very big number. It is a big number. It is a big number. It is. 30. I can't believe you've done 30 episodes. <laughs> 30 weeks of this shit. I know. What's going on? What's going on? See, I also feel it is time for a celebration. So I have brought out the hat. Yay! <laughs> so I'm going to sit recording the podcast in a fancy hat. It's great. This is great podcast material. So. Great <laughs> Visuals pod- all the way. No one can see what you're but doing. I feel fantastic. I don't have a hat. Do you want a hat? Yeah, I do want Do you want to go and get you a hat? Do you have to get one? Uh, yeah, I have to go upstairs. Out of the cat. The cat? The, the cat? The cat? <laughs> what, the ca- what the hell is the cat doing in the cupboard with all your hats? Out of, out of the hat cupboard. You have to bargain with the cat. <laughs> Please, good sir, can I have my hats back? No. Oh, episode 30. How are you, Nick? I'm very well. I have a hat. <laughs> I'm now very happy. Why don't you wear the hat all the time? Because I should do. The hat makes you happy. Yeah, it does. Makes me jolly. Yeah. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy a hat. You do enjoy a hat. You should wear a hat more often. I think it should be more of a thing. You should be seen about town wearing a hat. Well, quite. But as we discussed on Patreon this week, if, if you walk around in a top hat in Canterbury, people will think you're a ghost. There is that as well, yes. Uh, people, they might throw money at me. Do people throw money at ghosts? I don't know. In a sort of busker sort of... What? Bus, bus, ghost busker sort of way. Where are the busker ghosts and when can have we go see them? them? <laughs> or do the people just think that ghosts have some sort of corporal wishing well? <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, quit. Just throw money at throw it. That's good luck. Have you not heard of that? <laughs> throw money at ghosts, get good luck. Well, that's good. Any poisonings this week? Oh, no, no. Ghosts are plenty. <laughs> you wander through Canterbury poisoning people because they give you money to do it. Oh, no, I poison them if they don't give me money. Oh, okay, fine. You're not some sort of, you know, angel of mercy. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. For hire. <laughs> none, none of that. You know what, Nick? I think we need to have a really big thank you to this week's Patreon subscribers. We probably should. Well, so thank you so much to um, Kyra May. To Hayley Pearson-Cox. To Jessica Somerville. To Scarlett O'Donovan. To, and to Caitlin Hill. And Charlotte Evans. Thank you so much for joining us on this exciting adventure. You're all very, very sexy. You're delightful very beautiful. people. All the poison for you. It really helps us do the show, produce more of this crazy content, and it keeps <laughs> Nick in hats. So, it keeps me in hats and gin. Uh, we do have some shout-outs coming up at the end of the show uh, from some of our lovely fans, so stay tuned for those. Well, Nick. Hello. Are you ready? 
to drink cocktails and talk about poison. Oh, damn straight. Or always with you. We could drink poison and talk about cocktails. No, it's my episode, therefore I want to talk. Okay, we're 30 in. We're going to stick with the fresh <laughs> we're gonna one. Stick, we're going to okay. stick with it. Well, it is Nick's story this Yay. week. He is seeing us in the 30s, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand, oh can God, we? No. no. Madness. Sacrilege. As you know, every week we create a cocktail that is inspired by the tale that we tell with a special secret ingredient. Yes. That has come from the story. <laughs> and, hmm. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Hmm. Well, again, okay, Caveat, last week caused some sort of riot on the internet, the Golden Cadillac, which was the secret ingredient of milk. Yes, it proved divisive, shall we say? <laughs> I don't think it was divisive at all. <laughs> I think it was 100% people were rending their garments and setting fire to things at the thought of drinking this cocktail. So we've, we've moved past that. We've moved past milk. And this week's secret ingredient is... Is, is, is lovely. Is... Is blood. Blood! 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 It's an ingredient? It's a, yes, it is an ingredient. You know what? No, it isn't. We're just thinking well, of it because it's liquidy and it can go in things. <laughs> Blood, it's come to this, finally. Yep. Finally. finally. episode 30. People, someone did tweet, tweet us going, please don't kill each other for this one. <laughs> <laughs> If they come to that, it's still early in the recording. It is definitely an ingredient. It's not a cry for help, people. <laughs> so with blood in mind, Nick, yes. what have you come up with? In my many Googlings of blood cocktails, there is, terrifyingly, actually, there is a cocktail made out of blood. It was done in, I think, 2014 at some crazy bar in New York, um, and it used pig's blood. Ooh, ooh, um, very carry. Yeah, indeed. So there was that. And it was, it was a bit of a fad for a time, uh, this particular cocktail. I don't remember the pig's blood fad. No, in fairly unique circles, shall we say. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just after espresso martinis were a thing, and just before Negronis came back in. There was a so small period of There was a very small blood. window. A few particular bars in New York where, yeah, blood cocktails were, were the thing. So I, I, I did... Somewhat considerate, and I thought, no, that's <laughs> no. just a stupid idea. No. Um, so don't, no one wants to do that. Poltergeist pigs. Who could you <laughs> so, so I have gone with um, blood-inspired, shall we say. I'm relieved. Yes, but they, oh, it could be a Bloody Mary. Yes, it could be a Bloody Mary. A few people said Bloody Mary then, three um, times, no. and then a witch came to kill them. I, I, I don't feel a Bloody Mary is an evening drink. It's more of a hangover drink. I think it's more of a hangover a lunch, Sunday morning. Brunchy. Brunch, brunchy. Brunchy type pretending thing. Pretending we're not drinking yep. that we are. I, I would never, I wouldn't have one of an evening. So I've actually come actually, we've got one that I've not made before. Ooh. I've not heard of before. Okay. We're having a bloodhound. Oh, a bloodhound. Bloodhound. Ooh, please don't say there's the blood of a dog in it. There is, there is no oh, actual blood involved in these things. There's a bloodhound number one <laughs> and a bloodhound number two. There are two bloodhound cocktails. Wow. Yeah, I know. So well, then I thought, it's episode 30. Let's make two! Yeah! <laughs> oh, we got two! Oh, oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm thrown. Oh, there's blood. There's two cocktails. And we don't know how the evening's going to go. This entire episode is sponsored by vampires, apparently. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think we should wait a second longer, Absolutely Nick. Absolutely not. I think it is time for us to disappear into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. See you in a minute. See you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Hooray! Two cocktails. So many drinks. So many drinks. Oh, it's just oh, it's just a bar in here right now. <laughs> so many drinks and a beautiful array of ruby red, blood <laughs> ruby red. red drinks. Yes. Yay! 
quite a, something for everyone. We have the nice long drink. It is. We have a long, 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 long drink, drink with ice, and then a nice, short, sharp, hopefully tasty drink. <laughs> so talk us through it, Nick. Number one, number two. Right. Uh, well, the big one, the big one is a bloodhound number two. Um, and this one we have vodka. Uh-huh. We have Campari. Oh. Uh-uh. And grapefruit. Okay. So Ooh, that's it. That's just three, three, three things. Bitter, I'm thinking, though. Bitter. I think, yes, with the Campari, it's going to be quite bitter. I'm mm. full disclosure, I ran out of Campari halfway through. Um, so I used um, Aperol. Oh, okay. Which so is much the same, but a, a less, slightly less bitter. But then I knew that you're not a huge fan of the bitterness. I am not the bitteriness, a huge so. fan of the Campari. I'm not, I'm not a huge Negroni fan. Everyone should so be, please. This is like 50-50, so it should be more, less, yes. more or less bitter. Okay, this well, let's drink. dive in. So let's try the, the number two first. This, this, this is the number two. The big one. Perfectly refreshing. It's, but yeah, it's, it's refreshing. The, the Campari, the bitterness, certainly comes, comes yes. through. Yes, I, I will admit that that is quite bitter for me because with gra- I'm not not a huge fan of grapefruit or Campari, but actually I, it, I'm, it's growing on me, not just that cocktail, these flavours. And it's interesting as well because the thing that they say about the Negroni is that the first sip you take, it's terrible. Yeah. The second, second sip is like, eh, it's all right. And then the third sip, you absolutely love it. Oh, yeah, second sip. Then, um, yeah. So I think often this might be of a similar sort of thing. Once you've got used to that quite unusual profile, it becomes quite... Yeah, the second sip, yeah. it's already... It's already <laughs> so get through the first sip, everyone. Exactly, get through the first first second. And by the third one, you'll be going, oh, no, I actually quite mm. like this. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. But then actually, it, there, there, there are far worse things that we've tried. Let's, yeah. let's face it. <laughs> there, there are a few of them, yeah. Yeah, so nice, long, refreshing, yeah. grapefruity drink. Excellent. Okay, and down to the little tiny Now we have the... Oh, my God. <laughs> Bloodhound number one, number the original. One. And this Blood is much Hound. more bloody looking. This actually. is much more bloody looking. So this one, we have strawberries in it. Uh, we have gin. Yay. We have a sweet vermouth. A sweet vermouth. We have a dry vermouth. Uh, and we have a maraschino. So it's quite a, com- it's quite a, it's quite a hefty combination. I'm excited. From what you probably get the, the anticipation that it's going to be quite a sweet yeah. thing. I don't think this is going to be it. Okay. <laughs> so it when you say strawberries, have you like puree strawberries? So I have I muddled strawberries in the, the tin. Oh, nice. Um, so load of strawberries in with the, the alcohol before shaking and just give them a good old squish. Um, and then it's strained out. See, this sounds like much more my cup of tea. I like so, the other one, but okay, right. I'm excited to try this. Yes, Number try one. one, cheers. Yes, that's nice. I like that. That's nice. You can like really that. smell the strawberries when you, oh, it's lovely. when you bring it up. It's that's a good one. You do start off by thinking, oh, I'm disappointed it's not sweeter because of everything you said, you would think it would be sweeter. But actually... No, it's nice. I like nice. it. It's quite dry and mm. it's got a bit of sharpness to it. And it um, really tastes of fruit rather than fake yeah, fruit. Absolutely. And it's not one of those ones you're going to knock back. No. You think, oh, it's sweet and sugary and fruity. Therefore, it's just Ribena and I'm going to neck it in two drinks. It's a drink you're going to probably take your time over and appreciate a bit more. Oh, it's really it elegant. Yeah. It's really nice. Partly recommend that one. Oh, they're both good good selection of cocktails i'm impressed with those two bloodhound bloodhound and i put a drop of blood in mine to spice things up and in yours when you were looking excellent i'm so glad thanks now i'll be a part of you forever that's weird (laughs) (laughs) well with the bloodhound number one and the bloodhound number two firmly in both hands both hands where both our hands are full as we walk on this journey to poisoning stories nick hello you're gonna tell us a story i'm gonna tell you a story yeah quite an exciting story well I think it's an exciting story I've got two drinks I'm excited so for episode 30 we have the final part of Mm -hmm. a story 
that we started way back in the depths of time. Way back. In episode four, if you could anyone remember that far back. I was about to say, like, the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, episode four. So it was like February. (laughs) Where we had the story of Juliana Tofana. Yes. The story then continued with the Marquesa de Brinvilliers Mm. in episode 12. And now we have the culmination with the notorious Affair of the Poisons. Yay! Oh, I love these stories. They're these good these stories. are good stories. I, I love these ones, yeah. And again, anything that's called the Affair of the Poisons ticks the box, <laughs> really. That, that it does, that it does. Ooh. So, I mean, if you haven't listened to episode 4 and 12, or any of the previous ones, I do very much recommend that you do. Yeah, stop now. Stop now. Go back and listen. Mix all the drinks there. Yes. <laughs> Down <laughs> them. Mix every drink between episode 4 and now. Uh, <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we start, I do have to say that this story does get a bit dark, as as you may have guessed from our secret ingredient. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I mean, there's usually a lot of blood in Oh, God, okay. Right. So, <laughs> but yes, but, but we'll find out as we go along. Okay. <laughs> So the case of the Marquesa ended with her execution in 1675 for the murder of her lover, father, two brothers, all by poisoning. All separate people as well. All separate people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I had not considered that. <laughs> but, um, the way you yes. said that, I was like, her mother and brother and her father, what? <laughs> yes. They were entirely individual people. But the sensational trial that it caused and the conviction of the Marquesa sent shockwaves throughout the French establishment. Scandal. Terror. They were used to poor people dying and being murdered. That's what happens with poor people. But mm. rich people don't do such things. So they're was, too busy. Exactly. They're far too 
proper. They wouldn't get caught. Well, yeah, quite. (laughs) (laughs) But fear had swept the court that they too could fall victim to poison. If this happened to the Marquesa, and she's done it to all her brothers and father and all those people, it could happen to them. Rich people are stupid. Yep. Yeah, because poison was still it was still very much a threat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it had been happening for a while. Yes, but to poor people. Yeah, to poor people. To poor people. But now it's coming into into like the palaces and things like yeah. that. So it's in the palace. It's in the palace. <laughs> I mean, Louis the Fourteenth is so alarmed <laughs> that he takes drastic steps to sort of root out this conspiracy of, of poisoners. Yeah, and this is Louis the Fourteenth, the Sun King. The Sun King. Um, very very fancy. Lovely hair. Lovely yes, absolutely lovely, lovely, lovely hair. flowing looks. Lovely hair. Now this will turn into a huge web of suspects and names and things I will pronounce very badly. Um, <laughs> so try to stick with me. Is it going to be another Nick's Famous Accents <laughs> it episode? It could well be Nick's Famous Accents, depending on how much of these bloodhounds I get through. There are hundreds of characters and it does get a bit complex, so try and stick with me. So at the end of the 1670s in Paris, there lives a fortune teller by the name of Madeleine de la Grange. De la Grange. De la Grange. <laughs> she sounds like she's she related to that RuPaul's Drag Race star. <laughs> uh, Laganja. Potentially, potentially. So her great-grandma... Okay, so you're with me now, people. So Laganja's <laughs> great-great-grandmother is there. She's a fortune teller. may have a few more grades than that. <laughs> so what's her name again? Madeleine? Madeleine de la Grange. Madeleine de la Grange. Now, fortune teller at this time is a bit of a catch-all job title. It's not just someone who reads cards or Ruiz Japan. They they do they do many, many different things. I mean they do tell fortunes. And each practitioner is skilled in a certain area of sort of divination. But they they wore a variety of different hats. As do as we. Do we. <laughs> so, some fortune tellers would also act as apothecaries and provide tinctures and tonics for your health. Um, some would provide aphrodisiacs and love potions and charms. Yeah. Others worked as alchemists and dabbled on the fringes of the occult. <laughs> um, and some provided darker and more sinister services. Uh, but all in the same ballpark. But all in the same sort of theme. Yes, it's not like today's freelancers where you're like, yes, I'm a fortune teller and also I do windows. No. <laughs> I mean, okay, now we are going to have a pop quiz. Okay. Okay. In the edit, I want like, who wants to be a millionaire music going on here? Like, all right. <laughs> I don't know if it's copyrighted. It'll just be me and on a xylophone. <laughs> pop quiz about some of the methods that people use to tell the future. Okay. Do know what they are. Chiromancy. Uh, somebody with fire? Nope. Ooh, then no. <laughs> chiromancy is palm reading. Is the is the term? I thought for... it was palmistry. Oh, it's both. Well, chiromancy, oh, chiromancy oh, is the oh. is the term for palm reading. Augury. Augury. Oh. Oh, I feel like I know this one. Is Augury looking at the stars or like using a kind of a, or like a, a crystal ball? It's look, no, it's, look, it's looking up. Looking, looking at the ceiling? Not at the ceiling. Asking God? No, it's the flight of birds. Oh. The flight of birds overhead. What? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> the birds are flying that way. Death yeah. to all. <laughs> yes. They're flying south for the winter. They do this every year. Shut up. <laughs> Extispacy. Oh, extispacy. X, when your ex is tipsy and <laughs> they tell you that you're a bitch and you think about what you've done with your life. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. Extispacy, no. Reading the entrails of animals. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Nephomancy. Uh, having sex with the dead. Or t- asking the dead what your fortune is. No, well, that's, oh, that's close. 
That's necromancy. That's ne- well, necromancy is yeah, is, he's is, working is, with the is dead. Using spirits of the dead. Okay, so so necromancy. Nephomancy. Nephomancy. My Latin is escaping me. N e p h o m a n c y. Um, nepho- uh, All I can think of is asking a dead elephant. I don't know why. <laughs> it's the shape of the clouds. Looking at the shape of the yes. clouds. I think that would be nim- nimbleist Nancy. <laughs> Nimblemancy. Nan- Nimblemancy. Okay. Last one. Tassiomancy. Tassiomancy. Yep. Is it tea leaves? It is tea yes! leaves. It is tea leaves. <laughs> Coffee grounds, that sort of stuff. Yes, yeah. tassio because tassio is another word for uh, tea or See, tea I didn't know that. or something like that. Yeah. So I didn't know that. I think it's a brand name. <laughs> well, Tassi- yeah, Tassimo. Tassimo. Is a, Tassimo. Is a, is a coffee maker, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's where I, like, literally none of <laughs> well, good, good my name. Latin has failed me miserably. Good the name. only reason I know anything is that it's either been mentioned in The Simpsons well, or films. Two out of six. Yeah, I'll give you two. Give diddly, you, two. Diddly, diddly. <laughs> you did not win a million pounds. What, what, what 500 pounds? <laughs> but Madalena, though, she has a very particular area of her expertise. Okay. Um, none of the ones we've just previously mentioned. Oh, okay. Um, her specia- speciality was to reveal to clients who were worried about their health whether they had been poisoned or not. Ooh, ooh useful. This was her skill, especially in light of the the scandal caused by the Mar- Marquesa de Brinvilliers. Um, everyone's in absolute panic that they have been definitely been poisoned. So her business is booming because not only will she tell you if you've been poisoned, but she will also recommend what antidote is appropriate for your type of poisoning and lo and behold look I've got some here would you like to buy some <laughs> clever girl so, clever 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 girl oh she's she's smart I mean she has the very fanciest of clients she's living in luxury um, so she's not like, on the street peddling things she is living in the best apartments she's a kept woman um, there's, a, there's a lawyer by the name of uh, Jean Fourie who keeps her he pays for her her living on the 17th of August, 1676, uh, Delagrange um, and a man who introduces himself as Fury um, rock up at a law court and present a wedding certificate. The, the, the man says that they are married and he wishes to change his will um, and leave, make Marie his sole beneficiary. Um, and the law chap, goes, yes, well, that seems like a sensible thing. You've got a marriage certificate here. That's what husbands and wives do. Um, so, <laughs> so, fine. And off they go. Okay. Shortly after, Jean Ferry is dead. <gasps> no, surely not. Surely not, surely not, you say. Surely not. Delagrange rocks up to the law court to claim her inheritance. Indeed. I've got this will, is made out in my name, we were married, I want my cash. But Ferry's family is there, protesting most strongly that it is all a lie. They did not know about anything about a wedding or a marriage. They have not met this wife. What the hell's going on? And why is she now getting all the money? There it was is... a limited seating arrangement at the venue. <laughs> Sorry that the second cousin couldn't come along. <laughs> but of course it all turns out to be a lie. The marriage certificate is indeed fake. What? No, surely yes, not. I know. Who would have thought it? <gasps> it's signed by a priest, cleric, called Abbe Nail. I don't, N-A-I-L, Nail. I don't know how you pronounce that in French. N-A-I-L? Yeah. Nail. Nail. Abbey uh, Nail. Um, it's Nail. Yeah, Abbey Nail. Who bears a striking resemblance to the man who said he was uh, for, for He's not a man of God. He's not a man of God at all. They are both arrested and imprisoned for forgery and the suspected murder of the real Jean Fauré. <laughs> Dramatic. Right now, we're going to switch our attention. We're going to go across the other side of Paris. Uh, okay. We're going to leave them in prison. Bye. And go somewhere else. Somewhere else in Paris. Somewhere else in Paris. I don't know the districts of Paris. We are looking in windows and we are spying on Louis de Vaughan, the Chevalier de Vaughan. 
Oh, the Chevalier. Dear Alchemist. Uh, Poisoner. Yeah, it's very dramatic. <laughs> it's very dramatic. Now, it turns out, I think, that actually the Chevalier de Vaughan is he a uh, slightly more made up child. Right, okay. So he's from a little village called Vaughan. Um, so he says, well, there isn't one, so I'm going to be the Chevalier de Vaughan. Uh, <laughs> I owned a horse once, therefore I am now the I, Chevalier. I, I saw a horse. I know what a horse looks like. I can yes. describe one if pushed. Exactly. So he's qualified. Um, but he has spent the past few years travelling France with his valet, turning metal into gold. Base metal into gold. Alchemy! I know. It's very clever. It's, it's very, very clever. useful. It's very handy. In December 1677, he's been arrested. He's been arrested claiming he was able to produce gold and people are going uh, are you sure <laughs> they're not sure about this but one day he is a relatively impoverished wandering knight um going around the countryside with his valet so not that impoverished one but two there's no telling that he pays the valet well this is true the valet could be an old could be his dad come <laughs> <laughs> along my valet carry my things i'm 82 <laughs> son let me die so one day he's wandering the countryside the next day he's seen about town with a two hundred thousand livre banknote now, that's hell. a lot of money. That's that is that's, a lot of money. A, where the hell did he get that much money from? Is he just walking around showing it to people? Well, I think he's probably quite proud it. that he's got this, and he's now telling people, <laughs> "Well, how did I make this? I made it by t- turning base metal into gold. This is how damn good I am." Couldn't he have just made the note? <laughs> <laughs> no, it has to be it has to be signed by a banker and everything. And it's a, it's a, oh, it's oh, a real, back in the day. Yeah, back, back in the, the day. Yeah, so it's, it's a it's a real. Real cash. He hadn't just, just drawn 20,000. And there's got a bit of paper and written 20,000. Yes. <laughs> 200, paper, if we're lucky, it. it was a yeah. bit of rock he was no, carrying no. around. No, no, no. Well, it's early advertising, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. That's what you do. You walk down the street yeah. and go, gold for you. Yeah, but it's say, people are going, really? Not entirely convinced mm. by this one. So he is sort of taking him for a couple of questions. Um, some potentially spiky questions. Oh, oh, oh. As questions generally were. Right. In, in in these in these days, <laughs> a whole bunch of people are arrested, including the the valet chap called La Chabossiers, his lover, oh, oh. Uh, Jean Leroy, mm-hmm. a chemist called Delmas, who was assisting with the alchemy, and also his lover, <laughs> Louise. Just a, oh, I can't pronounce that surname. Lover Louise, <laughs> <laughs> or it could be Louis. They could all be gay. No, no, I believe it is Louise, um, and also the banker who has written, who has signed <gasps> off on this. Two hundred thousand livre note. They are the all taken in. It seems. It seems quite a quite quite a sudden and harsh thing just to be walking down the street going, "Look, I've got money. There we go, some gold well, fuel." I don't think they just sort of like leap out of the station and pull him in. He's going around there, and as you say, he's, this is a form of advertising for him to sell his skills. Um, mm. So I think there are probably people going, "Well, he's trying to charge me, ah, God knows how yeah. much, to buy the materials and the chemicals and everything he needs to do this." Perhaps they've given him some cash and then he's just, he's gone, oh yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to it. We'll get to the alchemy. The culmination of his long yes, con. Yes, exactly. Has has arrived and people are going, no, 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 no. not happy with this. So he is arrested and then his sort of entourage of folk are, um, are taken in. Entourage might be a slightly strong word for it. No, I like it. I like it. It does sound like he had an entourage. Well, yes. But as I did say, the web got a bit complicated. So yeah, this, this is it. Um, the valet's lover, Leroy, Jean Leroy, um, Jean. Jean. No, no, lady person. I'm still convinced that it's Jean it, it and Louis could, that they're well, gay. Well, let's go with that then. Fine. I want it to be an inclusive <laughs> story. Uh, Leroy testifies that Louis Devant and the, the valet are not only alchemists, okay. but they are also poisoners. Poisoners for hire. Ooh, okay. They are providing these services. The banker is not only a banker, but he is their broker. 
their poison broker negotiating deals between people who want poison, people who want someone to be poisoned. And he's the go-between. And it all comes out. It all comes out. It's and a bit me- of a weird front then, isn't it? In saying, like, I'm poisoning people. What should be our front? Alchemy! Well, no, I, I, think, I don't think that was a, necessarily a front. I think it was just another scam, potentially. Oh, right, okay. Um, they, weren't that, if, well, that, they were trying to hide the poisoning, but they thought... Yeah, was, yes. Yeah. Alchemy, slightly less illegal than poisoning. So their poisons, distributed by the banker, are sold under the euphemistic term that we have come across before, of inheritance powders. They're available for anyone who wants to get rid of an unwanted spouse, a rival in love, or a rival in the royal court. Oh. Someone in the way. It's also discovered that the valet Chevassiers has actually visited the Abbe Nile mm. while he's in prison. Oh, right. The accomplice of Madeleine de Lagrange. Remember them? Yes. So, over yeah. there, the other over side. The, the you other, went the all the way to the other side yeah, of the Paris. people over there. Then, now, there's a connection between these two seemingly desperate groups of evil poisony people it's like you planned this i know what's going on there <laughs> now we're going to go back to prison we're going to go back and see madeleine de lagrange okay. while she's in prison she uses her society connections she's got she's, she knows some people she was living the high life. she's living the high life she knows some people she gets an audience with the marquis de lavoie who is the french secretary of state so powerful connections this Ooh. is a it's important important man and while during this meeting she claims that she has information about hundreds of crimes that have been committed across all levels of French society. Oh, nice. So she's going, okay, well, I may have given I the know, poison. I know things. But here's the names of yeah, Exactly. I, I know stuff that will make your blood curdle, matey. Um, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what she says in French. It, it, it is, matey. <laughs> so this is a tantalising snippet of information that how could you resist? And I'm sure they've become sort of like, it's like bargaining tool. That I'll tell you what I know. I don't quite fancy that big fire over there. <laughs> so, and I'll, you, yeah, let's let's eschew the fire, and yes. I shall tell you no all fire. these all these secrets. Less spikiness. Could I have a bed instead of a spike? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it did not work. Oh shit! It did not work. Lagrange and the Abbe are kept without trial for months before finally being sentenced to death for forgery and murder. But the Marquis hadn't forgotten what Madalena had has told him about mm. all these other crimes that have been going on under their very noses. Mm. That combined with the general air of panic and concern that had been brought about by the the trial um, and the scandal caused by the Marquesa de Brunimidiers, all these secrets that Lagrange was about to reveal, the connection between Lagrange, Abbe, and the poisoner de Vaughan, it convinces the French authorities that they have uncovered but a fragment of a huge network of fortune tellers, assassins, poisoners working throughout France. Yay! Uh, at all <laughs> levels of society. There it is sounds this, brilliant. <laughs> there is this terrifying web. Something must be done. None Good luck. Of, yeah. A decree is issued by the king himself. Oh, of course. This poison network must be stamped out. Right. We cannot have any more of this. There's that, all the poisons go, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop doing it then. All right, I'll throw it into the sin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think it was probably a tad more uncomfortable for them than, than that. Well, if they admitted it, then yes. Well, Admission is generally, it's not required in these cases. (laughs) Some form of guilt, evidence. Who needs that? I've got a spiky thing. (laughs) This person bought aspirin. Aspirin isn't even a thing now. Across Paris, anyone who has the merest whiff of the esoteric about them, anyone who has claimed even the slightest of mystical knowledge, power, 
skill. Mm. Anyone who's looked at the guards in the wrong side of the wrong way is brought in for questioning. So we're, we're properly into witch hunt territory. We are we? completely into witch hunt. It's parallel time, isn't it? But we are in exactly that fever of paranoia and mm. panic. Anyone who is a bit weird and a bit other is Poisoning. is dangerous, is out to get you. Under torture, the names of clients come tumbling out. Also, the names of other fortune tellers, other co-conspirators, rivals as well. All these names come come flooding out of these people. I'm just going, I knew him once. Yes, he was a he was a wrong one. Go and arrest ins- him. It sounds insane. It I sounds think it was like quite it, terrifying. Yeah, the height of paranoia. Yeah, absolutely. Of just kind of everyone's a poisoner. Yeah. Everyone could be a poisoner. Now, while the police are rounding up all the lowly fortune tellers, they are still struggling to break into the more exclusive circles of yes. society. At this point, we have to introduce another character. Okay. A new character, Marie Vigourou. the wife of a successful dressmaker in paris marie is not born into high society but she uses her husband's connections to ingratiate herself with uh, the fancy ladies that he is making frocks for or she's been introduced by the husband it's a good profession oh absolutely yeah yeah. get a look in there a most respectable profession you're gonna be in Um, with the tailor and also her expertise as a palm reader Ooh. make her a hit at parties. You're, you're, um, you're getting she... your dress fitted, you want your palm exactly. read. Kills the time. Kill, kills the time. And she's invited to entertain, say, at parties. Oh, I've had my palm read by this delightful woman. Um, <laughs> come to my party, she'll do you too. Um, sort of thing. And But she's now in the, sort of the inner circle of some very influential people. Indeed. And she's throwing her own parties that these people are invited to. So she's not just now the entertainment. Invitations are hugely sought after. At one of these parties in 1678, Marie invites a friend of hers, a woman named Marie Bos. She is also a fortune teller. Not only that, but if you're in the know, there were whispers that she was also a poisoner and a witch. She's a good person to invite <laughs> She's a good person. She'll give you a value. Well, she may disagree. At this party, Marie Bos has a little too much to drink. A little too much to drink, um, a little too much champagne, perhaps. And, and she has overheard boasting that she has become so wealthy by selling poisons to members of the aristocracy that she is soon able to retire. This seems like a rather foolish thing to do, we've to be saying in a party situation. Been there, we've all been at parties, a little bit too much to drink, we've all revealed who we've poisoned. Or it was literally said in a little corner somewhere, she was trying to tout for business with someone, but then she was literally just overheard of whisperings, or she was in the middle of a group going, I've killed loads of people! <laughs> <laughs> everybody, what did you do today? I killed everybody! I poisoned you, and you, and you'll see what happens when you drink that. <laughs> But I suppose in this kind of environment, if it's in the aristocracy, yeah. then everyone, it's kind of a chic as well. Well, absolutely. You know, yeah. not, not an obvious chic, but everyone at parties nope. is talking about, oh, right. yes, if you, if you have the art of the poisoner, you're sought after, you're nope. a witch, it's all in vogue. It's not like these are, it's not like the old crones are no, being no, invited no, to no, the no, palace. These, these are people who have, have excellent lifestyles. They mm. have the best clothes and they know the, the latest fashions and stuff mm. like that. So they're, they, they're not a crone who's sitting in a corner cackling. This is someone who is milling about probably, yeah, plying for business. Exactly. Instagrammers of yeah, their generation. Exactly so. But someone who she probably rather didn't overhear has <laughs> overheard her claims. Um, a lawyer who was actually at the party as well. Over- oh, don't invite lawyers to don't parties. Don't invite lawyers to Have parties. a special lawyer's party. Yes, he overhears and he goes to the police. Like bloody lawyers would do. Bloody lawyers. Bloody lawyers. Bloody lawyers. But the police know this might be the break 
that they need to get into this circle, this mm. e- exclusive circle that they have not been able to. Have they got a board? I'm sure they've got with, a board. With sketches. They don't have photos, yeah. but they've got <laughs> sketches on there and lines <laughs> drawn up and yes. going, we'll infiltrate you now. Okay, you're going to have to go undercover as a maid in a big dress, but I don't want to, sir. Do it. <laughs> you, oh, you say that. <laughs> no, it's not quite that. What they, what they do is actually one of the policemen, one of the detectives, sends his wife in oh, that's under, under the pretense of. She wants to buy poison to get rid of her husband. And she so she goes to Marie Lebeau saying, Oh, my husband is such a nasty man. He is. Um, He's a policeman. He beats me horribly. Can I kill him? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, have some poison. <laughs> um, so the detective's wife goes home. Goes, I've got some poison. Doesn't use it. It doesn't, doesn't use it. Doesn't no. use it, surprisingly. On the 4th of January, 1679, Marie Bos and her children are arrested. Oh, her poor children. The same day, Marie Vigoureux, who hosted the party mm. was also a fortune teller is also arrested all connected all in the web uh, in the web in the web. web of poisony fortunes they both admit to being poisonous again spiky 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 and they make a list of their customers and poisoner colleagues bloody hell there's a lot of them going on there's a there. lot of them again it's a, a phenomenal time again when we say the affair huh? of the poisoners that we're so used to like going a poisoner there's one and we've uncovered them everyone's like yes there's a poisoner there there's a poisoner there <laughs> here's a network of poisoners here's a family of poisoners it's like the Von Trapp family they're, they are all, you can't bloody move without stepping on a poisoner so long farewell <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marie Figaro she, she names a, a woman Marguerite de Pouillon. De Pouillon. De, de Pouillon. You're loving these names, I'm aren't loving, you? loving the names. I'm pronouncing them terribly, terribly wrong. You're doing it with Blair, which is how you say. should do it. Um, she, she is a young noblewoman from Bordeaux. Um, she is in a very miserable marriage to oh. a man many, 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 many years older. Um, a marriage of family convenience yeah. sort of thing. And Vigoro has recommended Bose to help her achieve her wish of becoming a widow. So these poisoners are recommending each other. And nice saying, referral system. Yeah, exactly. A good <laughs> referral system. Well, I'm not very good at that type of poisoning. You want to go and speak to this person? Because <laughs> they're really good at that. Okay. I want, I'm more of the slow, slow down yeah. death. This one is more of the, the face explodes. Exactly, yeah. So as, as we said earlier, they each have their specialities. They do. They do. You've got to have a niche. And yeah, they get referrals from all over the place. Uh, the list of high-profile clients continues. She reveals that the Duke of Luxembourg... No, Luxembourg! ...has paid her to murder his wife. Bloody hell. And also a business associate of his, just because business... Two-for-one two for deal. Two exactly, two-for-one deal. Two for one yeah, deal. yeah, yeah you may as well. The Marquis de Federique... Federique. Um, ...has commissioned her um, and the occultist, Adam Lesage, nice. um, to make him unkillable in battle. <laughs> It works. He doesn't die in battle. Give him that. (laughs) (laughs) Do they just say, you shall wear this magic armour. I have treated it with potions and you shall be fine. Don't take it off. Probably, yes. (laughs) He suffocates later. But it it works. eh? He he doesn't die in battle. Fair enough, fair enough. enough. Vigoro dies during torture. Oh, no. Oh, She's tortured to death. That's not good. 4th of May, 1679. She is in... A most horrendous contraption designed to crush bones. Yeah. And she she dies. Well, it's not very good torture then, is it? Potential work experience or something (laughs) like that. Come here, just crush (laughs) your bones. For God's sake, you better keep her alive. Exactly. I just like the noise. I live with the noise. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was trying to make pate. <laughs> Mary Bose is herself is executed four days later, burned to death in a Paris square. <laughs> but not before she's given up a name, a name that the police and authorities had never heard before, but a name that they would never forget. Catherine Deshaies Monsovin, known as La Vaucine. La Vaucine. Yes. Ah, the shampoo. <laughs> Is it a type of shampoo? It's a shampoo, I'm pretty sure. I think potentially at the time it was not a type of shampoo. But it also means... In the, I think it's uh, the, the neighbour. Oh, that's quite sinister. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, that's, that's like she lives Mr. next door. You she... won't know. <laughs> she lives next door. She's just the neighbour. She's just like you. She wants to borrow a cup of sugar. She'll return it. <laughs> Puts Mr. Rogers in a whole kind of new light, doesn't yeah. it? Hello, neighbour. <laughs> she had a sweater. <laughs> I mean, after all these recent arrests and interrogations, authorities have come to suspect some sort of ringleader, um, a mastermind behind this network of death. I'm going to say suspect or want to pin all this shit on. Well, yeah. yeah. Yes, potentially. But they, they have their suspicions yeah i think yeah it'd be really really handy if there was just one person we could arrest them but now at last they do actually have a name they have a name for this spider in the center of this web <laughs> oh you've been waiting I've to, been say, waiting that, to say that haven't you that. you've it's been dropping so web in this good. story the whole way through and this spider didn't get it till now <laughs> the neighborhood spider the neighborhood your friendly spider. neighborhood your friendly spider, neighborhood spider. <laughs> I think potentially you should be very upset by that now. <laughs> in the 1660s, uh, La Faucine had started out innocently enough. Um, she starts out as a midwife. Um, I always love when people say, and, and, I, and I get why you say it, like, people say innocently enough rather than someone like, they came out of the wound stabbing and decided to just like forge a life through school, just poisoning wherever they went. So yes, yeah, so she started off innocently started enough, enough, not innocent. killing people. She started off not killing <laughs> Not killing. Didn't last long. Okay. Not killing. <laughs> as a midwife. Oh, God. Oh, but oh. She, she supplements her wage with palm readings nice. as well, with her own form of divination, mm. um, to the women who she's cared for. But when her husband's business goes bankrupt, she needs to up her income. She's got a family to support. And her job as a midwife does give her opportunities mm. to expand into potentially more dangerous avenues, abortions, for those desperate enough, mm. will bring in a tidy, tidy sum. They will. During Marie Bose's interrogation, she hadn't just given the name, but she had told terrifying tales of Lavosin's activities. Uh, it turns out that um, Bose and Lavosin actually have quite the rivalry oh. going on. They worked in the same business, but they were very competitive. Um, <laughs> Did they have with, like uh, gang colours like, across Paris? No, I think, think same same gang, <laughs> not not two separate gangs, same same gang, but. Oh, yeah, right, okay. a, a comp- healthy competition. Oh, yes, the fight bet- for supremacy between between the two of them, <laughs> um, and the tales that come out right. are perhaps not entirely to be believed. Okay. If they are slightly terrifying. Yay! Bose claims that the aborted fetuses from her abortions uh, are burnt in a furnace at Lavoisin's home and buried in the garden. Okay. But the king, King Louis, when he hears this, when his this report comes to him, he forbids any further investigation into that area of Vosin's enterprise. Ooh. He he says, no, you cannot dig up the garden. I do not. We do not want to know if this is true. Uh... And I, I mean, I suspect at this time, in abortion is an open secret. It's an open secret. Yeah. People knew it was going on, but you didn't talk about it. Yeah. But I think perhaps if they dug too deeply, there may be some names around court. That they yes. didn't want coming out 
there's no reason that as a, in a royal court that the illegitimate children wouldn't be born. No, no, and indeed. You can claim them. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, indeed. Unless you did away with them. There were too many of them. <laughs> or he shagged around too much. And, and they get expensive, nasty. though. They get expensive. Ish. <laughs> so you still want to you claim them. You've got to look after them. So, well, that is weird. And it's not, it's, no. not just, it's not just the king as well, though. It's... Uh, others others in court as well the scandal that it would perhaps bring on the the nobility in general would be too much yeah it's looking out for the the whole aristocracy but alongside her sideline alongside the sideline alongside the sideline she had another sideline her sessions of fortune telling had also given her insights into her rich clientele so time and time again she would hear about those who had wished for someone would fall in love with them those who wanted a rival out of the way so they could progress those in unhappy marriages those who wanted someone to die for an inheritance all these things come tumbling out during these palm readings the perfect source of gossip isn't she she knows everything she knows everything and she knows that she can bring in a fortune if she can claim to make these dreams come true it only takes a little bit of money and a little bit of magic and it all becomes true but with the occultist adam lesage love us in promise that if you couldn't get pregnant then this potion will help mm-hmm. if your husband is going astray then sprinkle a little of this into his food and soon it won't be a problem yeah it's because he'll be dead <laughs> <laughs> the bones of toads nice human semen mm-hmm. teeth of moles what moles teeth you don't have teeth well, that's why they're very rare and very special. <laughs> the one tooth that this got taken get it. <laughs> Spanish fly. We know all about Spanish fly. Spanish fly. Iron filings. To attract the blood. Yes, well, indeed. And the devil. <laughs> yes. And um, an interesting ingredient known as mummy. Mummy. Yes. Mummy is, is actually it's used a huge amount in occult circles. It is powdered Egyptian mummies. Really? Yes. Oh, actually mummies. Actual, 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 actual mummies. Actual I was mummies. like thinking you were going to say breast milk. No, 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 no. Actual mummies. Nice. Actual. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Ooh, powdered cold. But yeah, powdered a bit of bit of powdered cold. skull from nice. an Egyptian mummy. Mummy is going to do your headache. Clear it right up. Great. Bit, a bit I'm, of that. I'm all for that. All these things go into mm-hmm. magic charms and poisons um, and potions that are going to protect, seduce, kill. <laughs> um, I mean, all for the right price, of course. None of that freebie nonsense. <laughs> As her reputation grows, um, she becomes more and more sought after. Um, and soon she can't keep up with demand. There's mm. just so many people wanting these magic potions and her web of fortune tellers, abortionists, magicians, poisoners, even priests that she has on side grows throughout Paris. Bloody hell. And she was good. Really? She was hugely wealthy. She rivaled the highest nobility with her parties and her lavish events that she that she held she lived in absolute luxury and did no one answer no, no one asked no, questions no one asked no questions, one asked questions. Uh, this, so these people prior, are prior up. to now no one no one asked questions well okay yeah. and she helped she gives gets results so yeah everyone's going to recommend her and say soon she can't keep up with demand so she is farming out business to all these other <laughs> um, <laughs> subcontractors. Give yourself some time for some self-care. Um, she's, I mean, she supports a family of six. She keeps a host of lovers. Um, nice. Including, there's, a, there's an executioner. There's a royal executioner Ooh. in there. Um, a, a vicomte, alchemist. Uh, there's a count, an architect. Um, Lesage, the magician as well. Um, she has everyone just working for her in different areas. Yep. Right? You build a wing of my house. You kill this person here. I mean, she, you just do whatever a vicomte does. I don't yeah. know. What do you do? Vicom? You just wander around and eat just wander biscuits. around in fancy frock, fancy frocks, fancy cloaks. 
Could be fancy. Maybe frogs. that was his thing. You just put that on. And as we discussed before, have the biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> she commands huge respect, and she is welcome into the most prestigious of drawing rooms. The principal of Paris University is godmother to her daughter, so she has these connections, and but not just professional connections, obviously friendships mm. as well with some of these. But she's living the right society Absolutely. life. Absolutely. So after Marie revelations about Lavoisine, she is taken in for questioning straight away. She has a reputation to maintain, and and she argues her case well. She says that they are they are questioning her on about her use of uh, of magic and divination. She is convinced that these are gifts from God. These powers right. that she has have been <laughs> given to her by God. They are not in any way esoteric or occult or anything like that. Therefore, why should she be punished? for using these skills. Is this uh, just her line of defence or does she really believe this? Well, nah, who knows? Yeah. Who who knows? But it's, it's a line of defence and it's a line of defence that's worked for her before. Back in the 1660s, she was again under a bit of a cloud for providing these fortune tellings and divinations and she is accused of, of heresy. And she's actually taken in for questioning by professors at Sorbonne University um, who actually question her on issues of ethics and theology and she is able to fight her corner and they are forced to let her go wow. because she is so persuasive mm. um, and so, yeah, forceful in what she says that they, they say, we can't argue with this. We can't okay. dispute it. So she, so she is released. So she is used to fighting for her, herself. This is, good. this is a good picture, actually, now of her as a kingpin, but not as a sort of like, you know, again, if anyone had an idea that these were all just crones in the street not wandering around. And incredibly intelligent. Be very, very smart. Incredibly she's intelligent. She's made that kind of empire for herself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, it's not just handing out poisons willy-nilly. This is clearly oh, no. she's doing supply and demand. She's very, <laughs> she's very. Oh yeah, oh it's like it's like Scarface or Godfather, but with poisons and lovely frocks. And it's looking like she's being able to, she's going to be able to talk her way out of this as well. Why the authorities are suddenly less keen to use the spiky implements that they have not been shy about using mm. previously? I'm not entirely sure. Some reports say that the jailers are actually just afraid of her. Yeah. That if if they do then there's going to be some sort of magical occult revenge. Or does um, she know people? Or she knows people. She yeah. has got connections all over the place. Other people say that, well, they're actually quite worried about what she's going to say. Yes, because who if she's she going to implicate. Who yeah. she's going to implicate. But they do finally settle on a way that, that they think is best to get the information that they want out of Levosine. And a, in a deep, spooky, scary dungeon at the prison at uh, Vincennes, she is strapped into a chair. And a, a funnel is shoved oh. down her throat. Now, you may be thinking, we've, we've had glimmers of this before with the Marquesa. Um, they go for a slightly different approach. And instead of oh. pouring down litres upon litres of water till her stomach explodes, um, they just chuck down whatever cheap alcohol they can find. Yay! Let's just get her pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get her absolutely rat-assed. She'll tell us everything. Brilliant. <laughs> so, Brilliant plan. Excellent excellent plan I would have been saying that from the start yeah. I was like if you give me some white wine after a period of time this is going to be very easy I will tell you. you anything you want to know I mean the plan works better than they could have dreamed oh my God. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's known for enjoying a drink or two um, but I mean she is kept in a state of drunkenness for days <laughs> just continuously topped up with whatever they can find um, oh for God's sake and she is just continuously hammered 
if she if she's built this sort of empire around it of just all of these people, all it takes is a few sherries. I, I think I think we're talking more than a few sherries. I even think so, wow. even so, <laughs> it seems to work, and she loves talking about telling she was tales. A bit proud. She, oh, oh yes, absolutely. She has built this empire up from nothing that is yeah. feared across the land, and the names come out as well. The the Contesse de Cison, the Duchess de Bouillon, the Contesse. De Grandfort, the Duke of Luxembourg. Again, he gets around a bit. Bloody hell. Um, he's all over the place. <laughs> I mean, it's such scandal. If these names were ever put out into the public domain, they would never. The nobility would never recover. It's a sad day The police are dispatched to all corners of Paris to to round up these fiends. Among the arrested is her own daughter Marguerite, a priest, Etienne Guiborg. Mm-hmm. Um, the magician um, Adam Lassange Marguerite's lover um, a man known only as Romani um, and is known as a master of disguise <laughs> <laughs> clearly not if he's been arrested well arrested now but he had some he, he got some to some interesting stuff now the, the, the police are less squeamish about a, applying pointy objects to these other sure. detainees they're there but mere cogs in a wheel of torture, um, of torture <laughs> and secrets so they can they can poke them as much as they like and from one of them drops a name that makes everyone look slightly nervous madame de montespan the official royal mistress of king louis the 14th of france <gasps> no. now this this has reached right into the royal bedchamber but why? A bit about Madame de Montespan. She's quite okay. an interesting character. In 1667, she is one of many young women at court. She comes from a very noble family. I bet she's just one of any, many, hoping to catch the, the eye of some fancy gentleman. But she actually has her sights fixed a little higher. She has her sights set on the king himself. Nice. Now, she's heard of La Faucine. It's maybe even met her at a, at a party. And she knows that she needs to get some help to get where she wants to be. And she goes to La Faucine too see what she can do now Levacine knows that this is not any old commission you need something particularly special to, to capture to capture the heart of a king you need some serious mojo going Tequila. on <laughs> <laughs> potentially that would have saved us all a lot of bother <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean she's probably charging her a premium to say if you want to oh, shag the king all you need is just show him your boobs Show him your boobs. Yeah, but you can show him the boobs. I mean, he could shag anyone, but she wants to be something special. I mean, the king can shag yeah. anyone he wants. Just she doesn't be, want to play hard to get. She for doesn't God's want sake, to be woman. just another another random shag of the king. She wants power. She wants to, and she that's, wants to yeah. dull his spirit. And that's 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 what you need. Um, so Levasseur, she confers with the occultist Adam Lassange and the, the renegade priest Etienne Guiborg. The only way to achieve their aims, they decide, is the Black Mass. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a bit of a leap. They they need something particularly powerful to to capture a king. Again, this, just some sherry. Man, this, just this, some this, sherry. This is a man appointed by God to lead the most important nation on earth. Have they seen Louis the Fourteenth? <laughs> um, how much he shags and yeah. what a fop and what a romantic but he, he do, is. Yeah, she just doesn't. She's not just want to be any old random shag. He's like. Just be nice. Just, just, just have a common fucking session. Doesn't, doesn't work like don't that. Don't summon the fucking devil. <laughs> don't, just don't. Well, if anyone's listening, don't use a black mass to I try don't and think shag someone. Highly recommended today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Option two or three on your list, surely. I understand if it was more of it was Louis the fucking fourteenth, the Sun King. Okay, fair enough. Go on. What do they do? <laughs> Let's see how this works out. Let's see how this works out for them. It's not pretty. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> they use 
a particular grimoire, the Liber Juratus Honori. Mm-hmm. It's a very fancy book. Written in the 14th century, oh. this book. is written to be used by a priest um, who has knowledge of christian theology that's generally what a priest has yes exactly exactly. so it's not just any old it's not just anyone who can use this book you could just say priest no no really couldn't really couldn't so get used to it (laughs) so this this book instructs basically on how to summon and command angels and demons it's it's your standard everyday everyday stuff everyday stuff madame de montespan herself is laying naked on the altar. Mm. A chalice on her naked stomach. Okay. A black candle in each outstretched hand. I'm so glad you said outstretched, outstretched hand. hand. Yeah, <laughs> not, just, not just like that. No. Lesange is chanting in some archaic weird language in the corner. Ooh. He's just making atmosphere, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just rattling in kind of big sheet metal. Yeah, thunder. exactly. A bit, a bit of thunder going on there. Stiff as a board, ladies and gentlemen. Stiff as a board. <laughs> the priest, Etienne Guiborg, raises a baby over the chalice. No. oh, on Montes over Montespan's body and slits the infant's throat. As the blood pools in the chalice, Gibor performs a mass over the naked woman. Oh dear God. It's not pleasant. That's why blood is the ingredient. That's why blood is the ingredient. It's the blood of the innocents. Oh God. Well, I drank all of it. <laughs> yeah, I told you. I told you it went dark. I told you it went dark. Blood of the innocents. Yes, a black mass. I don't think they were going to yet. It's it's, it's not something fluffy. It's no, no, no. No, it's it's not going to be a jolly. It's not going to be a jolly event. I mean, That's we know it happens. serious belief mm. in that these things are real. To take those steps to do something quite so horrific as that and as you said that is a, the prize is the king prize is the king ultimate prize within months madame de montespan is proclaimed royal mistress <laughs> so as far as she's concerned it's worked done what it's supposed to do huge power at court lovely behind closed doors she is called the true queen of france while she holds louis favor no one dares oppose her she's clearly all. that determined to get absolutely him. so you know regardless of the mass which clearly maybe it did do something you never know but you know she's she's going to be that confident afterwards well, yes. that no one's going to budge her and whispers must have gone around well yes that they do but no one dares accuse her of anything she is that influential and that that powerful but whenever now a problem arises in her relationship with the king she turns to Lavosine. Lavosine and her apothecaries provide all manner of aphrodisiacs um, to make sure she keeps the king's affections and the black mass is not the first it is but one of many that are performed over the course of 10 years to keep the king's king's affections it's just placebo effect isn't it it is entirely it is absolutely entirely so but as you as you said is she she comes out of those things with such a boost in confidence that that must be just portrayed to anyone who comes across that she's she's, entirely unstoppable i mean in 1677 an interloper comes onto the scene and tries to snatch away the king's gaze from montespan another young noble uh, marie angelique de fontaine she's young she's stunningly beautiful and king louis becomes besotted Montespan's getting a bit old now. Now this new Kidding. beautiful thing comes comes on the scene. The king is like, oh yeah, hello. <laughs> so is entirely... Eyes on stalks. Yeah, kind of exactly so. Exactly so. But Montespan is furious. Um, she will not lose her position. She will not lose her power to this 
upstart. Montespan is helped by the other ladies of the court who, praising her undeniable beauty, add that she's actually, she's as stupid as a basket, they say. (laughs) Stupid as a basket? Stupid as a basket. Baskets Um, are stupid. Baskets are notoriously stupid. Don't let them do your accounts. (laughs) On one occasion, two bears that are owned by Madame de Montespan and mm-hmm. usually kept in the, the menagerie at, at yes. Versailles, they escape and somehow find their way into Marie's apartments. Oh, God. So fortunately, she's out at the time. But the, yeah, these two bears obviously cause major destruction and <laughs> carnage throughout these apartments in Versailles, where right. these two bears have just been let loose. Tearing through her clothes, looking for honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, hmm, subtle. She just uh, released bears into her apartment. Yeah. We were introduced to Romani, the, mm, um, the master, lover, of disguise. master of disguise. Was he a bear? He was not a bear. He was not a bear. <laughs> but actually, he was accused. One of the things he was accused of was attempting to assassinate Murray with a poison glove while he is a valet at court. Yeah, Uh, I don't know if he was wearing the glove and went to try and shake her hand or something or gave her a glove as a a gift. Filled with with cinnamon. (laughs) (laughs) It it does not work. She does she does survive cinnamon. But he does not end well. He ends up in a dark prison cell chained to a wall for the rest of his life. Oh dear. He dies entirely forgotten about. But something has to be done. Montespan cannot let the situation go on any further. Where does she turn to? Oh, hello, Miss Lavosin. I need your help again. She makes it clear that if she can't have the king, then no one can. Both he and this upstart will have to die. Oh, Christ. Absolutely. If Montespan can't have them, then no one, so no, yeah, no she one is, can. She is power mad. She is She's killed absolutely. many a baby. Levacine is slightly unsure about this. I mean, regicide is a big step. Yes, it yes. Is a... It's a leap. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, whatever reward was on offer was too tempting to ignore. Yeah. And she, she agrees. And gathering her most trusted poisoners, mm-hmm. um, they formulate a plan of how to accomplish this. Oh, did they have a nice poisoners meeting? I'm sure, I'm sure they did. They got their hired a conference room. Yeah. They got some coffees in. And they got nice, some good hats. Yeah, they did some hats <laughs> and some pastries. And then they were like, okay, what, what is our strategy here? What is the strategy here? Yeah, let's there, was a, there, there was a PowerPoint presentation. It was all very, very good. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I think there are no bad ideas. <laughs> plan they come up with that they are going to write a petition to the king. That's what people did in those days. That they, people did, would, they did. People would, would go to the king and petition for, oh, this, my, this is gone terribly, terribly wrong. Need your help. Can I please have yeah. this? Give me some cash. And delivered it to his own hand. The petition coated in poison! No! On March it's the 5th. It's not subtle. It's not subtle. Well, it, if it bit of paper, cover it in poison, give it to the king. The king eats it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he loves to eat his petitions. <laughs> so, yeah. Obviously, I mean, food tests is all over the place. Can't go, go that way, food way. Mm. Uh, clothing, yeah, that's all tested and things like that. Yes. For the king can't go that way. So that's that's what they come up with. But have they learned nothing from King Henry VIII? <laughs> yeah, so probably, just, probably just like, don't touch anything, anyone. <laughs> they weren't interested in what those English were doing. Those exactly, savages. they're the French going, ah, <laughs> screw them. Exactly, so, those savages across Honestly, the... <laughs> please stop licking all the walls. <laughs> the French. Not stop eating your petitions. <laughs> Sign them, goddammit. On March the 5th, 1679, Levison herself visits the royal court to press the deadly papers into the king's hand. I'm just um, thinking, is the stupid is the stupid mistress going to eat the petition? <laughs> <laughs> She's so thick. Potentially. Perhaps they were in a basket. They were in a basket. Well, fortunately for the king, hmm. however, they're off far too many petitioners that day oh. <laughs> and the Vosin is turned away the king is tired he's, he's read a lot of bits of paper 
Off with you, come back another day. Yes, you with the woman with the gauntlets on, go yes. away. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one whose hands are on fire, yes. <laughs> so she returns home with her poison petition. She burns the petition. Yeah. The next day she makes plans to visit one of her accomplices after mass to plan the next moves, to plan, okay, what are we going to do? What's plan B? But before she could do that, the police have pounced and she finds herself in prison in this Ooh. sorry state. How did they know? How did they, well, from Marie Bose's... Oh, yes, so, yes, so yes, we're, yes, we're, yes. we're jumping the around time, in yeah, time, yeah. so all these are happening sort of concurrently. So at that um, sort of point, they're like, oh, she's going to do over the king. Yeah, go get her. Go get her, go get her, and they, they grab her as just as she leaves leaves church to go to the ma- out of mass. And they grab her. While Lover says she admits to most things, she never confirms or denies her connection to Montespan at all. The whole thing is entirely hushed up to the highest, highest level. Mm. Although, there, as you said, there are whispers and rumours around court, it became more than the king could stand. And he pretty much banishes her from court. Nothing Ooh. sort of comes of, you've tried to kill me, I, out, of, out of sight, out of mind. Type, that's the cruelest type, fate for her, really, isn't thing. it? To be forgotten and sent away. Well, she, she, but she doesn't do badly out of this. She's still in Paris. No. She's, she's now in a convent in Paris. Mm-hmm. She's got half a million francs a year pension. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> to, to live off. Yes. She becomes a great patron of the arts, giving to charity and education oh, and stuff like that, because she's got this money coming in for the king. Yeah. The king is so grateful that she's gone quietly. Her father is made the governor of Paris. Okay. Her brother is made the a duke and made a, the marshal of France, head of the, head of the army, in gratitude for her shutting up. <laughs> Go and live over there. Keep your mouth shut and I'll look after you and your family. Seems quite convenient. She was trying to kill him. She was trying to kill him. She was trying to kill him. I mean, I know she's the favourite. Yeah, I mean, she's tried to kill him. And he's like, okay, like, just for you shutting up about the fact that you tried to kill me, here's all the riches. Well, couldn't, or maybe he just was, yeah, still loved her. Could, and... Well, exactly. Couldn't couldn't shake that, the, mm. yeah, the, the feelings he had for her. Couldn't, couldn't bear to... Well, there was another black mass that was or, done, well, yeah. <laughs> or they, to yeah. get all the or riches. Or there was something that, that something was worked. done that worked. But in on the seventeenth of February, Loverson is put on trial for her for everything, <laughs> Any, anything and everything they can Woman think of. Woman accused of everything. Woman accused of everything <laughs> for of poisoning, of murder, of yeah. witchcraft. Two days later, she is burnt at the stake. <sighs> does not take does not take long. She's burnt alive for murder and witchcraft. There are some reports that after her death, her garden is in fact dug up, and the bodies of two and a half thousand infants oh, are what? exhumed. What? Now, How big is her garden? Oh, it's, it's a big garden. It's a big garden. She's got a fancy house. Still. Yeah. I mean, these are, I feel, somewhat exaggerated reports. And this is supposed to be a combination of those who have been disposed after illegal abortions. Yeah. Those who have been sacrificed those, during masses. Black masses. Um, I mean, it's actually suggested that she had paid prostitutes for their unwanted children to use to in, use masses, in yeah. her rituals well i'm sure that happened i think two and a half thousand <laughs> two and a half thousand is a knowledge. very very large number the burning courts of the 16th century are reopened the burning courts which were originally designed to deal with heretics and heresy um had been closed for the best part of 100 years they are reopened um to deal with this surge of witchcraft and poisoning over the next two years 442 suspects are implicated 218 arrests are made five people are sentenced to the galleys 23 go into exile 34 were burned alive (laughs) two die in torture 65 are placed outside the justice of the courts but are imprisoned for life directly by the king himself 
it is estimated at the time, since then there have been a huge range of numbers, that over a thousand people met their end, thanks to the network of poisoners, witches, <laughs> fortune tellers that love us in control. In 1682, the court is abolished by the king. It says, enough is enough. Publicity is getting too much. The risk of irrecoverable damage to the nobility is getting too great, um, and it just needs to stop. And with that, the affair of the poisoners is over. That is the story. It's a very long (laughs) story. That drifts all over the place. Amazing! But that is the story of the affair of the poisons. The affair of the poisons. Wow. What a period of history. It is an incredible period of history. I mean, it is insane, but apart from the hyperbole around like 2,000 babies and everything. (laughs) Two and a half thousand babies. Two and a half thousand babies. Yeah, everyone was just accusing each other of poisoning. Everyone was poisoning each other. There are hundreds of names Mm. um, of all different across society of people who are fortune tellers and poisoners and then the aristocracy and the middle classes who hired these services. Um, Now, how much of that is true and how much was done with questioning? Um, enthusiastic questioning is, is, is another matter uh, very much echoes of all of the uh, the Salem witch trials where you have these eras of they're poisoning they're poisoning people you're a poisoner you're a poisoner generally seems to uh, be a metaphor for something else happening in society <laughs> it's mad to think when we think about poison we tend to think about poison panic as we've said before in the Victorian era and we think about ah poisons because it was in the home and then people think that's when poison really escalated but bloody hell (laughs) look what was happening in Paris everyone was a witch it would be nice to hark back to those days where being a fortune teller and a palm reader (laughs) and having crystals and shit was quite fancy and you were were invited to the the fancy parties definitely fancy talking about sort of the Salem witch trials and things like that Mm. it was only 20 years earlier in England when you have um, Matthew Hopkins wandering yeah, around the countryside witch finder general. and the Witchfinder General and that's 20 years before, before yeah. that, so you're in exactly that period of that hysteria um, and panic well do we think with the with the affair of the poisoners in Paris again my knowledge of the history of, of the Parisian courts is not good <laughs> as in non-existent <laughs> we know what was behind the Witchfinder General trials and all of these all of these witch hunts in in England and in America. It was much more about religion. It was much more about conformity. Do we know if with the poisoners it was hiding a, a bigger political issue? Oh, I think the, yeah. I mean, I think the reason why people were poisoning so many people was political rivalries. Mm. Um, I think people really believe this stuff. I yeah. mean, especially when you go down th- to the extraordinary lengths that Montespan went through Ooh. with those the black masses and the the horrendous things that were done you don't just do that for show no you don't that that you have to really believe that that is going to make a yeah. physical difference to your life but that it feels so extraordinary so extraordinary and alien to to us to to most of the other i mean apart from maybe the ancient romans but to most other time periods that we've covered the fact that someone in high society is doing a black mass repeatedly and this is known about or it comes out or someone is accused of it and then and they're trying to kill the king later on and they're like no 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 go and have have a chateau we know that in france as well the the king's mistress had a chateau and they had land and everything that that was fine that would that you know weird as that may sound that was not uncommon if you try to kill the king and you're doing a black mass, you're not usually rewarded for it. Yeah, but also, I mean, you think that the people who are making these claims, mm. 
Leverson herself refused to admit to any of the connection with Montespan. Yeah. It was through her daughter, other people in her circle made these these claims. Mm. So it's almost from the king's point of view, it's like, well, who are you going to trust? Who's he going to believe? Yeah, fair point. Well, he can Type decide thing. his own fate. Well, exactly. He and obviously decide he, exactly he decided he that... Because not only was she his mistress, she, she is from an incredibly influential family yes, herself. Exactly, yeah. um, it would Again, that would cause huge yeah, division repercussions, yeah. repercussions throughout yeah, um throughout the french aristocracy mm. so does he want to take that risk of losing probably an incredibly influential powerful family that's backing him um if he was to imprison or execute but, I mean, this woman with, with that logic as well is that if she's a very influential powerful family that would be reason enough for him to shag her and to keep him as a mistress she wouldn't need the black mass so or, or unless yeah. he's just going look she knows how to, she's killing babies <laughs> fuck knows what she'll well, do to me indeed. have a fucking chateau there we are <laughs> Ooh. So, ah, the affair of the poisons. <laughs> so probably story. a slightly longer episode than you're used to. So I hope you stuck with us if we've got to this point. Guys, tell us what you think about the affair of the poisons. What do you think about witchcraft and fortune telling and poisons and black masses? Send us more suggestions of stories you want us to cover. Different time periods. Uh, more witchy shit. Do you want what to hear we, some we more love, of that? We love the witchy shit. We do love the witchy shit. We did a Patreon episode this week where we did cover some ghosts in pubs and poisons poisoning stories related to that people do like that a lot people go yes more to ghosts and witches and stuff like okay well we need to put poisons in there always send us your suggestions come and talk to us on social media speaking of social media we have a couple of shout outs that i want to do as it's episode 30 from some of our very very beautiful lovely and just delightful fans one thing um lovely lucy roberts asked us if we could do a shout out to her mom samantha she's a high school teacher in canada and work has really been stressing her out at the moment she asked us if we could do a shout out for the show of course we can thank you for listening we hope you're okay we hope you're having a little bit of a less stressful time than you have been and thank you for being an awesome teacher a couple of lovely messages we also got from fans we got a really nice message from abby who's a really good fan of ours and she said hey I just wanted to take a moment to tell you both how much I appreciate your podcast it really has helped me get through the last six months and has accompanied me through late nights and early morning studying for my A-levels next summer whether it be a new episode or replaying the old it never fails to bring a smile to my face and make my day that bit better and I cannot thank you both enough it makes me so much more settled to think that throughout my next year of sixth form I have something I know will brighten my day Oh, I know. That's very nice. That Thank is you so much. So sweet. We're just glad that we're entertaining. Yeah. And good luck with those A levels. Oh, gotcha. Study hard, study hard and well. You shall succeed. You'll take over the world, Abby. We shall see to it if you need some help. <laughs> we also had a gorgeous review on Facebook as well from um, Matt Briel. I'm sorry if I hope I'm saying that right. He wrote, extremely entertaining, informative, fun and addictive to listen to. A lovely cocktail of history, mystery, crime, mixology and hilarious commentary. It's like hanging out with two of your very best old friends. Uh I highly recommend this podcast to anyone who has a sense of humour and a curiosity for bizarre crime in history. Thank you so much. He sent us some really lovely comments. and That's it's fantastic. amazing when people do just get in touch and it say they like hearing it. Last one is from Goldie Yam, who said... Hello, I wanted to let you know I enjoy your podcast immensely. Although I find most alcohols taste disgusting. We're so sorry, Goldie. 
probably because I have the taste palate of a five-year-old, I find myself looking forward to every upload and listening to ones I already have when I've been studying or I'm going to sleep. You both never fail to make me smile, and I just wanted to say a big thank you for the lovely content you make. Thank you so much, yeah, Goldie. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you for writing to us. and It means a huge amount if you... Yeah, people people get in touch. It really does. Been extra reviews on Apple Podcast as well, which I will share on social, and we can read those out as well. If you ever want to send us a message, please do. If you do want shout outs to people as well, um, just yeah, let us know. We're always happy to do it for fans <laughs> or to brighten your day. This evening, our cocktail post will go out, so you can choose which of our two delightful bloodhounds, or both, you would you care to make for yourself. Um, both went down a treat. Yeah. Um, they're here they're both they're both, <laughs> both went a, a long time ago um so yeah the post social post will be out on those with full recipes and methods and others have suggested that maybe making an incident in a glass should be a thing <laughs> for our lovely poisonies if you don't want to mix up the cocktail um obviously mix up cocktails share the pictures of whatever you're drinking with us and tag us on social media we will share them we love to see them but also if you if you don't have the ingredients that we have and you just want to make an incident in a glass like i did last <laughs> week um go ahead and share gotcha. your recipes we all need some weird crazy stuff stuff that just happens overnight yep. even if it's just you know you know what seven o'clock the next morning and you went to bed at three and you vaguely remember what it was just message us and we will share it we'll tell the world i like some inspiration and as ever you can find us on patreon people we have got a load of content on there new episodes bloopers come and have a wander over and always talk to us on social media as well if you want to know more we appreciate any support that you can give us as well and we still have merch Go buy the merch. Oh, yes, indeed. Thank you so much for listening. We have been the people inside the Poisonous Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you.